without further ado, I'm going to ask Pastor Letitia to come to the front. Yes, I believe it's also your first time preaching here, so um, very, very exciting. Give her a warm welcome. And I just so, so look forward to when I saw her name as part of the, the team who's, who's preaching this um, term. I was so, so excited just to hear what she has. And I think just a bubbly, joyful personality. When you look in her eyes, can you not see that even from distance? There's like so much that she has to give. So <laughs> stop putting me on the spot. It's okay. But um, yeah, let's maybe just stretch out our hands and just pray for her this evening. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for Letitia. We thank you for her amazing, amazing heart for you and yearning just to know you more. We pray, Lord, that you would just anoint her lips to speak the words of your heart here tonight. We pray that she would just be a vessel of overflow of your presence. Father, that each and every heart here would be prepared to hear what it is that you have to, to say to us and just that our hearts may be changed, Lord, that may, we may leave here just vessels carrying your presence out into a world that so desperately needs it. We ask that you guide her as she speaks, in Jesus' name, amen. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> so nice to be with you this evening. Yes, so he's put a big, you know, marketing thing out there for me now, so I hope you feel the same after you've heard what I've had to say, okay? So let's just hope you feel the same. It really is wonderful to be here, and again, the worship team, thank you. But I agree with um, Jason when he said we all worship. So can I ask yourself to give yourself a hand? Can you give yourself a hand, hey? Can you give yourself a hand? So there's a story told by a poet and a writer, and his name is Archibald Rutledge. And he often writes about outdoor stories and things like that. And he writes a story about a man that he came across that had just lost his dog in a forest fire. And he goes on to explain to Rutledge that on this particular day, he would take his dog with him out to the forest because that's what he would do. He would often go out to the forest and his dog would accompany him. And on this particular day, he commanded his dog to stay in a clearing and look after his lunchbox. Look after his lunchbox. And so the dog obeyed him. And with tears in his eyes, the owner of the dog says to Rutledge, I always had to be careful what I asked my dog to do. Because on that particular day, when the forest fire came, it came where the dog was at because the owner left the dog there and he traveled a bit further. But when the forest fire came, the dog remained faithful to the command of his master. And so even when the fire came, he did not move. And with tears in his eyes, Rutledge looks at this owner and the owner keeps speaking and says, I always had to be careful what I asked him to do. And this is the catch thing that got my heart. Because the owner said, because I knew he would do it. And so people are not dogs, obviously. I have met some guys. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> just joking, just joking. On a serious note. On a serious note. So people are not dogs. And our relationship with God is one of free will. But I wonder... If I think of the story, 
How many of us sitting here this evening can our master say that of us? I always had to be careful what I asked Jason to do because I knew he would do it. I always have to be careful what I ask KB to do because she'll do it. I always have to be careful, put your name in there, what I ask you to do because I know you will do it. And so tonight... The title for my sermon is, Obeying God is Worshipping God. Obeying God is Worshipping God. As a community, God has been building something into our fabric this last while around Romans 12. And tonight I wonder if you can join me. And if you can get your devices out or your Bibles, whatever it is that you use, so that we can read that passage of Scripture again. And I'm particularly going to look at Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. And I know that Mike spoke about it last week. But I'd like us to read it together and refresh our memory, as I would like to focus on something different this evening. So if you've got your devices, everybody okay? Can we read it out loud together? So I'm not going to read it alone. We're going to do this together. Because family do things too? Together. Okay, here we go. Everybody ready? Nice and loud. Here we go. Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Let's read it together. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing, perfect will. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us. And it was so evident in worship this evening that you are kind towards us, faithful towards us. And thank you that you have the best in mind for us. And Father, I pray that tonight as we engage with your word, that our hearts would respond to your love and that obedience would be at the heart of worship in our response to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. See, throughout the ages, the temptation has been and will always be whether we will obey God or not. Obey God or not. And tonight, I also want to look. I know we read it out of the NIV, but I, I want to read it out of the message version. And it's just to spice things up a bit. Listen, I love my message Bible. I love my, me I love my message Bible, eh? It just feels like it gives food more marinade. It gives the Bible a bit more marinade. For me, for me, that is. Okay, so I'm going to read this. You don't have to read it out loud with me, but I'm going to read it with you now, to you. It says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. Your sleeping, 
you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. It's good, eh? Told you. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize <clears throat> what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Told you it was good. That's what marinade does. That's what marinade does. Good, eh? Chew on that? Just chew on that? Just chew on that? And that's what the Word of God does. See, and I go back there, the temptation throughout the ages, and even in our day and age today, is and forever will be whether we will obey God or not. Through history, and I, I'm going to ask you to please put on that slide of the, the faces, through history <laughs> and the scriptures and in this auditorium, there are men and women, countless stories, countless of men and women who were faced with the very same decision of whether to obey God and to enjoy the fruit thereof or to disobey God and to suffer the consequences of that. And Jesus Christ is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate model of what a life of obedience looks like as worship unto God. He's the ultimate model, ultimate model. If you want to know what obedience looks like, Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. In Philippians 2 verse 8, it says this, And being found in appearance as a man, this is Jesus, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Doesn't it make you think of the story of the dog? Hey, stay by the lunchbox. Fire comes, doesn't move. See, Jesus knew that obedience was about hearing Father God speak, trusting Father God, and acting accordingly. That's what obedience is. It's about hearing God, trusting God, and acting accordingly. Tonight, God extended an invitation of you laying your hearts down before him. Right there was an opportunity to obey him or not. And so I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people who like asking the question, I've got a two-year-old living in my house. She is mine. Let me just say it like that. <laughs> and she just asks, why? Why? I'll discipline and she'll go, why? And then I go, because you were naughty. Why? I don't know why you were naughty. But she just asks why. And I'm one of those people, I want to know why obedience 
is so important. Do you want to know why? Yes, we know there's blessings and curses. And if you don't obey, you're going to... Yeah. But why? Why is obedience so important? And I, I looked at Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, and I, I saw three things. And I, I want to highlight those three things to you this evening. And I believe the first thing is this. It's a deeper relationship with Father. Number one, deeper. Why obedience is so important? Because of a deeper relationship with Father. See, Father God is all about relationship. <laughs> That's why we're all here today. Is because He wanted to know us deeply. And deep down inside each one of us, we yearn for the same thing. There's a God, have you heard that? There's a God-shaped hole inside each one of us. And so he's wired us that way, that inside of each one of us, we want to know God deeply. We want to know God deeply. In John 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, you will obey my commands. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. In 2 John 1, verse 6, it says, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. This is love, that we walk in obedience to his command. And so obedience brings us closer and deeper with God. It takes us into a deeper space. Every time you obey God, you go deeper with him. And so it is in obedience that our intimacy with God is deepened. I've met men and women that say, oh, I want to go deeper with God. I want to go deeper. And my next question will be, what has he said to you? Have you done it? What has he said to you? And have you done it? Because I personally believe that you can measure a man's love for God. And it is through his obedience. The measure of man's love for God is through his obedience. Because Jesus, Jesus showed us that. And so why is obedience important? Because it takes you into a deeper place with God. Do you want to go deeper with God tonight in your life? Obey Him. Simple as that. Obey Him. Obey Him. Obey Him. I believe the second point is this. It's being transformed into His image. And Mike shared so beautifully last week. And he showed an image of a butterfly. And if you were here last week, you, you would have heard it. And it was so wonderful that he said it's already, when you come to know God, it's already inside of you, wanting to come out, that which he's put inside of you. It was so well said. Where's Mike? There we go. It was so well said. Just that whole explanation around transformation. And so here's the thing. The deeper we go with God through our obedience, is the closer I come to God, the closer I am to God, the more I focus on him, the more I focus on God, the more I'm transformed into his image. And so transformation also starts with obedience. Because obedience gives birth to that deep relationship, which gives birth to the transformation. And so do you want to be transformed? Do you want to look more like Jesus? Do you want to respond to the world more like Jesus? Obey him. Because obedience is worship unto God. Obedience is worship unto God. In, in Romans 12, 12 verse 2, it says this, Readily recognize what he wants from you 
and quickly respond to it. We just read that. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best in you. God brings out the best of you. Not you. <laughs> Anybody need to hear that again tonight? Not you. God brings out the best in you. And that's why you need to be in deep relationship with him so that he can transform you into his image. And then it continues to say, and it develops well-formed maturity in you. And when we are transformed more into his likeness, that's when we begin to respond to the world the way Jesus would. That's when we begin to respond to the world the way Jesus would. Just a personal testimony of mine. I came to Pretoria in 2003, but I grew up in a home. Before I came here and did Year of Your Life, I grew up in a home where there was just colored people, obviously. My mom was colored, my dad was colored, my granny, my grandpa, my uncles, aunts. I went to a colored school, lived in a colored community. And the thinking was this. I see all the colored people smiling at me. Okay, <laughs> sure, sure. Okay, I'm not going to tell you where I come from because then you're really going to smile at me. Okay, Westbury. Okay, yeah, now the colored people are really smiling. Okay, so I grew up in a home where the thinking was this. I was told this as I grew up, and, and the thinking was this. Lions mix with lions, and zebra mix with zebra, and the two don't mix. And obviously what that meant for me was colored people stick with colored people. That's how I grew up. Yes, that's the home I grew up in. Colored people stick to colored people. We don't mingle with the rest. And as I came to Year of Your Life, I remember sitting in LTS. And Dr. Graham led the LTS at that time. And there was a call for repentance around racism. Lions don't mix with lions. I mean, with zebra. Zebras don't mix with lions. And I remember sitting way at the back there. And the topic of the day was racism, and he addressed that thing, and he, and he had a call of repentance at the end. And I remember sitting, and I felt the Lord say this to me, I want you to stand and respond and repent. And I thought, what? I've never done anything. I've never killed anyone. I've never, I, I really, I said that to the Lord. I said, I've never hurt anyone in my life. And the Lord said this. He reminded me of the thought, the thinking. Lions don't mix with lions. With, with zebras, and zebras don't mix with lions. And he said, stand and repent and respond and forgive. Because I didn't know that I even had unforgiveness in my heart. And as I stood, it wasn't this oh, moment where I fell down and I was, it wasn't anything like that. It was a normal, I'm standing and I'm obeying God now because he said, stand and respond. But something got broken off my life that day that has had a ripple effect in my life. To this day, that very same year, I went on outreach and I was able to respond to people that were not my race from a place of love, from a place of compassion and truly loving this person that was not my race. I was able to interact with people in Year of Your Life. Now remember, Year of Your Life, we from, they from everywhere. Year of Your Life is from everywhere, overseas, underseas, everywhere. Okay. <laughs> So you have your life is up from everywhere. 
But I was able to interact because God broke something off my life that day. And I was able to see people through the eyes of God. And God said something to me. Something to me. He wanted, he said this to me on outreach one of those years. He just said to me, every tongue, tribe, and nation belongs to me. And I will redeem it back to myself. Hey, who is that? Every tongue, tribe, and nation belongs to God. And years after that, I had a friend of mine come and visit me. And he said to me, I was at Lee House, one of the student houses, and he just came and visited me and he asked me this question. Now, remember, I stood in the LTS and responded to a call of repentance for racism. And God had been working in my heart, slowly but surely working in my heart. Because see, obedience isn't a big one-bang thing. It's a continual thing that you keep doing. You keep obeying God. And you keep obeying God in the little things that when the big thing comes, you're ready for it. Because you've practiced with the little things. And so the big question came one day, and this friend of mine asked me this. He said to me, if God had to ask you to marry a person outside of your race, would you? I was okay to be their friends. I was. I was. I was okay to be their friends. I was okay to be their roommates. I was okay to go on outreach with them. When he asked me this question, I went, sure. I just went, I did this. I said this. But my father. That's what I said. That was my excuse, but my father. And then he said to me, but what if it wasn't about your father? And that's what my friend asked me. And that very friend is my husband today. Mind you. I don't, I don't know if he was paving a way for himself, eh? I don't know. I don't. Hey, it must have been God. He was helping God lay bricks so that one day he'd stand and go, I do, to the very person he asked. And so he asked me that question, and I tell you, it challenged me. It challenged me. But God had been working in my heart that even when he asked me that question, I went, Yo, you know, that God challenged me, and I was able to respond then even and go, God, I need you to help me deep down there, the spaces that Jason was talking about that we don't even know of, you know? And so I obviously ended up marrying this friend, and we've got two beautiful girls today, Lichle and Velisa. And can I tell you, my world is bigger and it is richer for having obeyed God that day. Back in LTS, that one day has brought me to this place where I'm living in an amazing home with wonderful people that sometimes drive me a bit crazy, but they're lovely. And I'm in an interracial marriage that God knew back then when he said stand would happen. Hey, Back then. And so my world really is big. I was telling someone in the week that two weeks ago I was down at, and so I've got lots of funny stories about being in an interracial marriage. I'm telling you, hey, if you want some, you must just come to me if you want to laugh. Anyway, so I was down here at Water Glen with my daughter. Her name is Lichle. Lichle, and it means beautiful in Zulu. My surname is Dlamini. Yeah, Dlamini. <laughs> so... So I'm down at Water Glen, and Lisa is an explorer. She just wants to go, but I mean, toddlers are like that. So I'm calling, and I call out loud, but I, 
obviously sometimes do it on purpose because I like to see people's reactions. <laughs> so there's two ladies standing in front of me and they're from the Protea Hotel. I think they like, you know, like people that help people come in and things like that. And so I say, Lichle, come here. And the lady that's in front of me turns and looks at me. And I know it's coming. I know it's coming. So she looks at me and she says, is she Zulu? And I look at her and I say, yes, we Zulu. <laughs> and she, she is shocked to her core, but you can see it in her face. And then she laughs and she says, and then she laughs and she says, oh, interracial relationship. <laughs> and I said, yes. So it was just, I have moments like that. I have moments where people phone me on the phone, you know, the telemarketers, and they phone you on the phone, and they say, can I speak to Mrs. Lamini? And I say, yes, speaking, and I, we do the whole thing, and they want to sell me a cell phone, whatever, and I keep telling them no, because I've got one. And then, and then they say to me, and I've had this a couple of times, they say to me before they put, they, they put the phone down, they say, can I just ask you this, ma'am, before you put the phone down, and I know it's coming, because it, it often does, they say, are you Zulu? And then I say, yes, I am. But what kind of Zulu are you? <laughs> and then, and then I, this is my response. A South African one? I'm a South African Zulu, because what other Zulu is there? Hey, so I'm telling you, I have had fun. My world wouldn't have had so much fun and been so big had I stuck to my preference. Can I tell you, the thing of preference is this, and when it comes to people, God made everyone. But if I have a preference, what I'm saying to God is I only want to know this side of you not that side. And we will miss out. We'll miss out. Because can I tell you, heaven's not... Uh, heaven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every nation, every tongue, every tribe. Every nation, every tongue, every tribe. And so it's in obedience that we get to experience such a big life. Okay, so... Obey God. Obey God. He might give you a Zulu man. Okay. <laughs> oh, lady. Why is obedience so important? Because it takes us into a deeper relationship with God. Intimacy. Deeper. It transforms us into his image. And so we see the world as he does. We see people the way he does. We respond to people the way he does. And the third one, I believe, is discerning his will. Really believe that. Really believe that. In Romans 12, verse 2, it says this, Do not conform, and I read it again, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Every one of us want to know what God's will is. We do. We want to know what God's will is for ourselves, for our families, for our lives, for our children, for our world. Don't you? We want to know. We want to know. But we don't only want to discern the times. We want to, we want to discern God's will. That's what we want to do. And obedience does this. And that's how we, I really believe there's like a ripple effect. You obey God when he asks you to do something. You get into a deeper relationship with God. The more you are transformed into his image, the more you start seeing things the way he does, the more you start discerning his will. 
Ever heard of the saying, obey me, obey and I'll show the way? It's, exa- it's exactly that thing. Obey and I'll show the way. Do you want to know what God's will for your life is? Obey him. Just take that next step. You might not see the whole complete picture, but just that next step of obedience could open up a whole new perspective on what you're seeing in front of you. Because obedience is worshiping God. Obedience is worshiping God. And when we discern God's will, we are able to fulfill our mission and our purpose. We cannot do it if we don't know what we're doing. We cannot fulfill our mission and our purpose, which is to bring God's kingdom in our hearts, in our homes, in our families, in the spaces we spend most of our times in. Think of what does your week look like? Think of it now. Really think of your week. What do you do every day? Obviously, you get up out of bed. Obviously, you get out of bed. And then you go to the bathroom. Hopefully, you brush your teeth, you know, do all those things that you need to do. So all of that, all of that, all of that, we bring before the Lord. Because it says, bring your everyday life before me as worship unto me. It's not just bits and pieces. It's everything that we bring before the Lord. And if these are the rewards and blessings, which I think are the wise, which is deeper relationship with God, transforming into his image, and discerning his will, Can I tell you, the more time you spend with God, the more you'll see things like him, the more you'll discern, is this God, isn't it God? That's what happens, eh? That's what happens. If those are the rewards thereof, then obviously the consequences would be a counterfeit relationship to that which is of God. Then we'll start falling for the drugs and addictions and all those things. Because we, see, we want to fill that gap but we need to know what to fill it with because it was designed for God. And so what we'd settle for then is the counterfeit. What would be the opposite of transformation would be conformity. What would be the opposite of discerning God's will would be confusion. Confusion around God's will. And so obedience is important because obeying God is worshiping God. So if obedience is about hearing God's voice, trusting God, and acting accordingly, then you need to ask yourself, God, am I hearing your voice? (laughs) Do I trust you? And are you acting accordingly? I know I've shared stories now of being obedient to God in responding to a racism altar call if you ever get something like that. But (laughs) that didn't make sense. Anyway, just responding to that. Here's a story of disobedience. Do you want to hear my story of disobedience? Okay, so here's my story. So Sitley and I get married, and we move into the flat, and we've got brown curtains, and I'm just tired of these brown curtains. And now, obviously, I'm wanting to do shopping for new curtains. And so we go to the shop, and we end up at the shop, and and I see the color I want. It's like a, a, a pastel greenish, bluish color. Beautiful color. Anything with blue floats my boat. So it's a beautiful color. And I'm looking at this thing, and Sita is wandering around the shop. And I'm saying to myself, I'm going to take this. And I feel God say, don't. He says, no. And I'm going, no, no, that can't be God. 
that, that, that can't be God. That can't be God. I'm taking these curtains. These curtains are beautiful. I'm taking these curtains. So God has spoken to me. I, I had that check, but I took the curtains. God is so kind to us. He just spoke to me, and I was like, uh-uh. He brings Sitli around the corner. Sitli says, I don't think you should buy the curtains. I'm like, no, 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 uh-uh. We are buying these curtains. So I end up buying these curtains, and I look at it, and obviously it's a bit pricey, but it's a beautiful color, and I, I, I'm thinking, yes, it's two in a pack. Beautiful, let's take it home. So I pay for it. My husband so graciously allowed me to, you know, go into my whatever and buy the curtains. And I got home, and I, I was so excited, and I opened the packet, and I, you know, you put the little hooks on and you want to hang it up. And so I hung the curtain up. Yay. That curtain didn't even go down to the floor. It was at the windowsill. <laughs> the curtain was so short. It was at the windowsill. Do you think God knew that? He knew that. He knew that. So it didn't even reach the end. It was just, it sat near the windowsill. And that's not the worst part, ladies. The worst part is this. It was so pricey, but it was one curtain. Yes. One curtain sitting near the windowsill doesn't even go down to the floor. One. That's what disobedience does. Do you, know, do you think God knew that too? And so, obviously God knows when you're making a decision, He knows what the whole picture looks like. He knows what the whole picture looks like. So when He says to you, do this, he sees everything. If he says, don't do this, he sees everything. And if you obey him, you'll reap the rewards thereof. If you disobey him, you'll sit with curtains that sit near the windowsill <laughs> telling you. So how do we do this then? How do we act accordingly? So that's the next question I want to ask. I love asking those questions. Why and how? How do I respond accordingly? And this is what I believe are the most important things that I've seen in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, and it's this. When we read it, it said, bring your everyday life. Bring your eating, your sleeping, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Take your everyday life. So I went back, I'm, I'm going back there now where I asked you, what does your everyday life look like? And that includes going to the bathroom, brushing your teeth. That's your whole body, your whole world, your everything. So obviously when God wants you to obey, he wants you to obey completely. Not Sunday. God, you can have my Sunday. Hallelujah. You can have it, God. You can have it. But Monday to Friday to Saturday, I've got it covered. <laughs> God, what covered? Come next week, Sunday, then we'll see how covered you had the rest of the week, hey? Had what covered? And so God doesn't just want Sunday. He wants Sunday to Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. He wants your whole week. He wants your every minute. He wants your every hour to be placed before him that you are readily listening. God, what do you want me to do and how do I do it? What do you want me to say? Because it says here, God helping you. God helping you. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. God helping you. Take your everyday life. God helping you. He wants all of it. And so it's not just bits and pieces that God's after. Because it's with God, it's all or nothing. He wants you completely. 
He loves you completely. He doesn't just like your brown shoes today and next week he's going, oh, no, that's not my child. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He wants you completely. And so I believe when we obey him, he wants us to obey him completely. And when we place all that before him, our engaging adversity, our interaction with our friends, our mothers and fathers, whatever our world looks like, when we place all that before him and we obey him in those things, that's when worship is happening. That's when worship is happening. Because obeying God is worshiping God. The next one I'd like to say, and this one caught me, was quickly. How do we obey God? So completely and quickly. We obey God quickly. Have you noticed that when God asks you something, the longer you wait to do it, the more chance of not doing it, it becomes bigger. That chance of not doing it just becomes bigger. Hey? Or delayed obedience. We know what delayed obedience is? Disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And Saul in the Bible is very much uh, an example of that with not obeying God completely. Impartial obedience. And now God's asking us too to respond quickly. Because it says there in Romans, in the message version, it says, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond. That's the key. I thought of it when I read it. I went, yes, if I, if I respond quickly, I'm going to obey. Because if I linger, ah, 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 we're not going to obey God. If we, if we linger, if we, if we let that thing prolong, we won't. We won't obey God. So here's the thing. What has God asked you to do? What was the last thing God asked you to do? What was the last thing God asked you to do? And more importantly, have you done it? Because obeying God is worshiping God. And so for maybe, for some of, some, for some of us maybe sitting here this evening, God asked you to forgive someone. Have you done it? Because he sees the big picture. Maybe he asked you to wash the dishes or babysit or serve or volunteer. Maybe he asked you to keep quiet in a conversation where you were about to speak up. Maybe he asked you to speak up in a conversation where you were about to withdraw. What was the last thing God asked you to do and did you do it? Did you obey him partially? Did you not obey him at all? Tonight I believe the Lord is extending a hand of mercy. We heard that song and kindness. And I believe God is saying, I want to forgive you if you haven't worshipped me through obedience. I want to forgive you. And at the same time, I see God stretching out the other hand going, I want to help you obey me. Because that is the best for you. And so I want to pray for us. But I'd like you to stand with me if you'd like to respond to say, God, I haven't gotten this thing all right. I haven't obeyed you. I haven't worshipped you through my obedience. And maybe you're going, God, I sometimes obey you, 
but I, I need more help to obey you completely. Can I invite you to stand? Can I invite you to stand and pray with me? Our Father, we are so grateful, so, so grateful that you are so kind to us. Your word says that it is your loving kindness that leads us to repentance. And so this evening, Father, we're so aware that we don't always get it right. But we want to come tonight, God. And we want to take you up on your offer of forgiveness. Father, sorry for the times we have not obeyed you completely. Or where we have obeyed you, but impartially. Where we've, we've just done a little bit of what you've asked us to do, but not completely. Or where we've completely turned around and, and not listened to you and not obeyed you. Thinking that we know best thinking that we've got this covered. God, but we know we don't have this covered. You do. And so tonight, God, will you forgive us, please? Forgive us, Father, for not obeying you. Thank you, Jesus. And at the same time, Father, we take up the other offer of you helping us obey you. Because you bring out the best in us. You help us to transform. You help us to obey you. And so God, we don't want to do this on our own. We want to ask you this evening, will you help us to obey you as a worship to you, as a love to you? We love you, Father. And we want more of you in our lives. We want to go deeper with you. We want to be transformed and we want to discern your will by obeying you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so, so much, Pastor Letitia. Let's give her a round of applause, please. Mm. Man, I certainly know that tonight's message has massively impacted my heart and so keen just to see the outflow of this so thank you so so much and that is it for tonight yes we have reached the end of the evening so trust that you will have an amazing amazing week ahead transformational to the core and that you will be protected and that the lord will be with you wherever you go so enjoy have a good one and ciao ciao